So the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. OK, um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh, there will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. They're so threatened by the idea that a conservative speaker might be persuasive and interesting and funny. One man's vulgarity is another man's lyric. And I would say one person's offensive speech is somebody else's challenging the status quo, rocking the boat speech. Are you looking for a podcast that contains verbal safe spaces and is free from trigger warnings? If so, you've come to the wrong place. Because we expect our conversations to be filled with rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing, Wolfie? I'm David. You're... I'm Wolfie. Wolfie. How you doing, Dave? <laughs> Good. <clears throat> Doesn't Don't believe Taco is going to be making it with us today, so uh, <clears throat> we'll just... Tri- tread on without him tread is that a word that's unfortunate we miss you taco yeah treading's a word treading's a word so i don't know i don't know if you're using it correctly now yeah oh you don't have <laughs> to use okay. it that's the democrat democratic way we we well, i'm redefining the use of the word Oh, okay. because that's right. that's my truth so basically that anything can, your truth anything can mean anything right is that not how it is this is 2021 that's the way it works nowadays yeah. that's right um as long as you don't go around uh i am a, a guy who thinks he's a girl who thinks he's an avocado so yeah. there you go yep um as long as you don't use a gun you're fine um or as long as you don't own a gun you're fine Guns are shitty. Ooh. I wish I could buy me one. I'd buy two or three if I could. Ain't got nothing nothing to do but to do it. Go get it. That's true. You better hurry before they're outlawed, you know, because AR stands for assault rifle, right? (laughs) No, Uh, no. it doesn't. But, uh, But it's a machine gun. You can't own that, right? That's what the news keeps saying. That these, Not a machine uh, gun either. Nope. It's it's a semi-automatic rifle, it's which a, means you pull the trigger one time, and one bullet comes yeah. out the barrel. I've I've heard them actually say that it's a fully semi-automatic, which I'm not quite sure what that means, but I've heard it them say that a couple of times. Well, yeah, every weapon in existence <laughs> that is semi-automatic is fully semi-automatic, semi-automatic because. Right. When you pull the trigger one time, one bullet comes out. So that makes it fully semi-automatic. So, yeah, that's just stupid. People that say that don't know what they're talking about. Because most people um, don't realize how difficult it is to buy a gun. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't be. No. It shouldn't be that difficult. I mean, I'm all for having. Yes, um, so I'm all for having things in place to help guarantee that only legal gun owners can buy guns, keep guns out of the hands of criminals. I'm fine with yes. that. But when yes. they keep crossing the too. line to do things that affect illegal gun owners in no way whatsoever. It only affects legal gun owners. That's when it becomes a problem. Um, and half of the things that they yeah, keep proposing. Why, why don't they enact stiffer penalties for people that are felons who get guns and commit crimes? Right. Why is it always the legal gun owner is the one they want to come down on? Right. Oh, you've got to do this. You've got to, you know, you've got to do this and that and the other and so on and so forth. But the person that's out actually doing it, you know, Hey, if you're a gun owner or if you're, if you're a felon, you have a gun and you got to commit a crime with that gun and you kill somebody, then you should get the death penalty. Right. Period. Because gun deaths, like we were saying earlier, talk about, you know, are normally in the, in the 
13, 14,000 range as far as normally. Last year was a higher than normal. Um, but generally, they're in the, the mid-teens as far as how many deaths there are. 13,000, 14,000, 12,000, it kind of sways year to year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really comparable right. to DUI deaths, drunk driving deaths. Usually are in the, the ten to 12,000 range a year or two. So it's, it's pretty comparable. Um, mm-hmm. But if they were to... Say, hey, we're going to make it really difficult to buy alcohol because some people keep violating the laws that are already in place. We're going to make it so that the law-abiding citizens have a hard time obtaining. Exactly. There would be a and they, they big did, outrage. There would be. Uh, just to prove it, look at Prohibition, what it did. Right. I mean, they're all like, oh. We're going to outlaw and alcohol, and then the next thing you know, you've got a black market of alcohol, and you've got people getting rich off of bootleg alcohol. And so, I doubt very seriously if that ever happen again. No, I mean, there's <clears throat> anytime you have hundreds of millions of people living in an area, like we do in the United States, um, or anywhere, evil people will do evil things. It's always going to happen. I mean, um, yes, they will. And you can't legislate morality. You're no, you're, you you're not going to fix evil, the hearts of evil men, which we'll talk about. That some of a couple of, we'll go into a couple of the shootings that have happened. Um, which if you watch CNN, one of the things I work in probably one of the most controlled environments that there is. I work in a jail, and even in a jail. They they will get the inmates will get they'll make themselves uh, shanks right you know so if there's it's like you said bad people are going to do bad things right. evil period. will find a way you know yes evil will find a way to do evil but uh, <clears throat> if you watch the news which like we were saying there there's been a lot of shootings. And there are always a lot of shootings because, like I said, evil people do evil things. But it's a small percentage mm-hmm. of the gun owners that are in the country. For the amount of guns that we have in this country, as opposed to the amount of people shooting other folks, it's like minuscule. Right. Because the, we have so many guns in this case, it's ridiculous. We, I mean, it's, I think it's great, ridiculous, mind you, but we have a crap ton of guns in this country. And to say that you know guns are the problem, then no, they're they're not. It's evil people, and that's something that they don't want to look at. They don't want to acknowledge the fact that it's evil people with evil intentions doing evil. Guns don't kill people. If you leave a gun, I know it sounds cliche, and it is, but if they go down and don't touch it, it'll just sit there. There, it won't. It won't jump up and and shoot you can't it's an inanimate object whenever i get into this discussion about about gun violence and 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 so on and so forth i always for some reason my mind goes back to archie bunker and he said when he was talking to gloria about gun violence he said would it make you feel any he said he said would it make you feel any better little girl if they pushed out of windows (laughs) <laughs> I mean, and he's making it. He's and, and the man that played the the part was is a liberal individual, but right. he, you know that it makes sense. Well, the the point is, is if they didn't have the gun, they were going to figure out a way to kill these people. They right. were going to do it regardless, right. whether they pushed them out a window, beat them with a baseball bat, or used a hammer, or shot them, or stabbed them, or whatever. Something. They were going to kill somebody. That's just the way. That was just the nature of the beast. Right. You know, it's just the gun made it easier. Not necessarily easier, but but it's never easy to kill somebody. He also did one bit on uh, stopping hijacking, plane hijackings, because, you know, hijacking Mm -hmm. was big in the 70s, too. And he said he knew how to stop Mm -hmm. it immediately was uh, as everybody's boarding the plane, you give them a gun so that everybody on the plane is is carrying. He said then the hijackers, they'll just stop. So. (laughs) You know, and the absurdity of that is 
it's funny. Yeah. And but it makes a little bit of sense because if everybody and ev- here's the thing, everybody's packing. And everybody on the plane knows everybody's packing. packing. Right. So, you know, and you got these, you know, if you're some crazy hijacking guy and you're sitting over here and you look over there and you see, okay, there's that, you know, redneck looking dude with a baseball cap on or a cowboy hat and blue jeans and blows it. And he's probably real comfortable using a weapon. Right. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this one. I want to, you know, maybe the next plane. Right. Because, yeah. So, <clears throat> I heard it's, it's funny. I heard one statistic. <clears throat> you know, what, like we said that uh, last year there were close to ni- nineteen thousand total. They were shot and killed. Mm-hmm. That's after you take out suicides. I think there were about twenty six, twenty seven thousand suicides by gun. Um, but so of the nineteen thousand, which is still a lot of deaths. And I know they they think, but if you remove all of the legal gun owners from having legal guns then you're just leaving people like we're saying it'd be the same as the people on the plane they're just sitting ducks because they can't defend themselves Mm -hmm. and according to fbi statistics there's anywhere a year of say nineteen thousand that were murdered which is a huge number still but there's over a million and a half that were used defensively not involved in a shooting but whether it was they had a weapon, they deterred, somehow they deterred a crime from happening. The person, they were being mm-hmm. mugged, they were being attacked. Somehow they pulled the weapon. And, you know, and most of those don't even result in a shooting. You just pull the weapon, the person runs away. How it, or somebody's breaking into right. your house, you announce that you have a weapon, the person runs away. You know. You wreck that shotgun. Right. And they know they hear that, that sound. Right. <laughs> Um, you don't even have to be putting around in a chamber. They hear that right. and they're like, I'm out of here. So of those million and a half that could have gone south, well, they say it's a million and a half that they that they can, I guess, track. They estimate up to as many as probably three million a year. Because a lot of them mm-hmm. probably are never even reported. But they know uh, Well, yeah, because if you're if you're the legal three. gun owner in that scenario. And you think that, you know, if I pull my gun in self-defense, even if I don't use it, there's an op- there's a chance that the police are going to come in and take my gun away from me. Are you really going to report that? Right. I wouldn't. No, you just, the, the, the yeah, situation. Just, and the whole purpose of having it is to defend yourself. You defended yeah, yourself. Exactly. You, and you did it without having to fire. That's that would be the because, perfect scenario. Because this, this is how messed up our police can be at times. If you were to call in and say, hey, look, they just tried to mug me, and but I pulled my gun and he ran away, and here's a description of him, and this is the area I was in so that maybe you can go look for him and so that he doesn't do this again, some gung-ho little, you know, rookie cop would be like, oh, hey, so you, you pulled your weapon? Well, yeah, I did to, to defend myself. So you were brandishing a firearm. Right. That's illegal. I'm going to have to come take your gun away from you. You see how that can get twisted? Right. So, and that's just wrong. So, you shouldn't. That shouldn't be what goes on. You know, you should be safe. You should feel safe calling the police and saying, "Hey, look, you know, I just had to pull my weapon. I didn't fire it. You know, I was stopping myself from being mugged. He had a knife on me, or whatever it is, what it is he was doing." And uh, here's the description. But if I feel like I'm going to have my weapon weapon taken away from me because of actions of defending myself, I'm not going to make that call. Right. That I mean, that's their whole motive. They say is you don't need a weapon because we'll protect you. Just call the police. But mm-hmm. the entire time the left is telling you that the police is evil and that the police is dangerous and you're a threat You're to have them come. Um, but you mm-hmm. can't have a gun to defend yourself, even if you wanted to wait for the police. Because depending where you live... Um, Sometimes, I mean, let's say somebody's breaking into your house and you go, oh, should I just call the police? And it might take them, who knows, depending where you live, 11 minutes, 12 minutes, 35 minutes, depending, to get there. Three minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. All of that, you know, which I like the Hodge twins. They have a T-shirt that's got all the different 
gun calibers on it, like a 40 cal, you know, nine millimeter, 357, 22, all of them on it. And at the top, it says all of them faster than nine one one. That is true. Well, um, I mean, like uh, the, here in the county where I live at, uh, well, I live in the city, but the county that surrounds the city I live in, if you've got a deputy on duty in the lower southwest corner and there's a call in the northwest corner up, you know, up in the around Damascus and stuff, you're looking at it could be, you know, an hour drive time. So are you going to sit there and wait, you know, 45 minutes to an hour for a, a deputy to show up? You got to have a gun. Yeah, you can't wait <clears throat> because, you know, minutes matter, seconds matter. But like we're saying, you know, if you could deter it, ideally that's what would happen. And a lot of those are. Let me uh, let me run this by you here real quick. Uh, right. This was a court case, Supreme Court case. I'm going to play a clip real quick while you look that up. Okay. This morning, as law enforcement continues to work the crime scene, those chilling new details. According to the Boulder Police Department's arrest affidavit, the alleged shooter methodically marched through the store and parking lot where witnesses say he shot an elderly man and then stood over him and shot him multiple additional times. His 10 victims were gunned down both inside and outside the King Supers Market. Authorities say the alleged shooter, 21-year-old Ahmed Alisa, had purchased the AR-style weapon that sowed so much carnage only a week before, and that during the rampage, he wore a green tactical vest. It looks like we have an active shooter. Dean Schiller came to shop for groceries, but in an hours-long live stream, he would end up bearing witness. Uh, someone's down right here. Something just happened here, guys. Look, there's people lying in the street, guys. He went in the store. Oh, my God. Guys, we got people down inside King Supers. There's Holy There's a shooter, active shooter. Get away. Alisa, seen here being led away in handcuffs, was arrested following a shootout with police inside the store. Bleeding from a leg wound, he was whisked away in an ambulance. Police say he would not answer questions, but did ask for his mother. Okay, it's the the Murdoch versus Pennsylvania is the Supreme Court case. And it says in there that uh, a part of the the decision, it says, it is one thing to impose a tax on the income or property of a preacher. It is quite another thing to exact a tax from him for the privilege of delivering a sermon. It is an exercise. The exercise can be taxed. The government is capable of making it prohibitively expensive and could be done only by the wealthy. I would say exactly with the <laughs> and insurance they went, for guns. They, they went so far as to say that uh, a flat tax imposed on the exercise of a privilege recognized by the Bill of Rights. The state may not impose a charge for the enjoyment of a right protected by the federal constitution. So in my opinion, and of course, in the opinion of the Supreme Court case, these states that have these, you've got to pay $50 or whatever to conceal carry, or they're in violation of the Constitution. Right. You should not. Now, <clears throat> don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I'm in the same boat as you are as far as like background checks and so on and so forth to make sure that we don't have felons getting guns and we don't have people with mental issues getting guns and stuff like that. But the burden of that background check should not fall upon the individual. It should fall upon the state. If they want to do them and they want to, they, they want, they, they say that you've got to, that there has to be a background check done. If you want to purchase a, a weapon, then it should be the state's responsibility to take care of that. Right. Because according to this Supreme court case, I shouldn't be charged a tax to be able to exercise a right guaranteed to me by the federal constitution. And like I said, I don't have a problem with them doing it. You know, I come in, I say, I want to, hey, I want to conceal carry. Here's my, here's my information. Here's a little thing saying that you can look into my background. Go ahead and look into it. Right. That should, and, and the state could be like, okay, fine, we're going to do that. And they look into it, but the, I should not be charged for that. That should be the state's responsibility to pick that up. Not me. <clears throat> That's just the way I feel. Right. I live in Kentucky, so we're a constitutional carry state. We don't have to have concealed carry permits. Yes. 
And that's, I think, the way it should be. Right. All across that the Second Amendment should be your carry permit, whether it's, you know, whether it's concealed or not, whether you're wearing it out on your hip open for the whole world to see or you're concealed carrying. It should not matter. And that's why they're just redefining, because I think everybody agrees that they want everybody to legally own guns. If you're going to own a firearm, you should legally own it. The question comes into what laws makes it legal. If they can continue to impose, like you said, whether it's taxes or, or fees or you know, ridiculous long waiting periods or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, some states or, tell, you're, or, you're or telling required. you what you can purchase and what you can't purchase. Right. Well, you can, you can buy that flintlock musket, but you can't buy this AR-15. Right. <clears throat> you know, or you, yeah, no, that's, that's not right. One of the most interesting uh, pieces of film that I think I've, I've looked at period probably in the last year it was a uh, it was a movie on on netflix called the highwaymen it was all about bringing barney and clyde to justice you know they were out they were running from state to state they were hitting banks and stuff like that and texas they got a little aggravated about it because i think they popped a bank in texas and they brought this old texas ranger out of retirement or whatever and said hey you know we want you to go get these people he goes to a gun store in that time frame so you're looking at like the 1920s or whatever and uh, he goes in, he's like, I want to see that gun, that gun, that gun. And he names them off. He's like, you know, I want to see this, this, and this, and this. And the guy brings them all down. He puts them on the counter in front of him. And he looks through them, you know, kind of checks them out and stuff like that. And he's like, I want all of them. And give me 100 rounds for each of them. And the gun owner, the guy in the gun shop, he's like, you know, there was, oh, well, we got to do a background check. There wasn't none of that. <laughs> it was uh, his son was in the shop working with him. He's like, Pick that stuff up, boy. Carry it out to the out to the car for this nice gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> and he, that's what the kid did. He jumped right. up, grabbed the guns, took them out of the car, stuck them in the back seat, and the man paid for them. Hmm. You know, and I'm like, and he was he was getting automatic weapon. He got a, I think a bar, uh, and some other things. I think he had a Tommy gun. So he had automatic weapons amongst the shotguns and, and some other things that he was purchasing, but. Uh, yeah, and that that's the way it used to be in America. You could go and buy these things. Right. But back, back then, though, how often were people shooting each other in the streets? Well, in Chicago, they have a long history of that. Right. Well, everywhere, they always did. I mean, that was the whole thing. You go out to the street, and you, I mean, uh, they were constantly shooting people. And how many times did they shoot somebody in the street, and everybody just go, yeah, that was self-defense. And no charge, no arrest, no anything. It's just kind of, he drew on him first. Well, I mean, back in the roaring 20s, you know, booze was illegal, and so they were bootlegging it. Right. And so that then became a huge Well, I was talking even back into like the end of the 1800s, 19th century. Oh, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, But here's the thing. I dare say, you know, Hollywood has glamorized the showdown at high noon. Right. And they make it look like there was one happening every day, 365 days a year. All across the Old West, there was people going out at high noon, facing off against each other, shooting each other dead in the streets. I doubt very seriously if that was happening. No, but I bet a lot of shootings happened that you bumped into somebody or you disrespected somebody or you took somebody's horse um, or you... And I'm not saying that that didn't that that stuff happens today. You bump into the wrong person and they think you disrespected them, and they right. could pull a gun on you and cap you. Right. You know, and if you're out stealing somebody's horses, you know, horse thieving was was against the law. So if you got shot while doing it, you know, that's you were committing a crime and you got shot. Right. The only difference is back then, if you shot somebody in the street, everybody in the country didn't know about it. Thirty thirty minutes later. No, that's true. Too. Because of Twitter. And so that's why I don't, that's my whole thing for all of this, whether it's police violence or shootings. Um, I mean, when we were growing up, we didn't have as many school shootings, but they still happened. But our big thing when we were younger was post office shootings. 
you know, yeah, people would go in and shoot. Going nuts. Right. They would go yeah. in and shoot up. Post- it, it, well, I mean, it de- developed the whole phrase going postal. Mm-hmm. I yes. mean, that, so that's, you don't that's hear that, that anymore. From. It just kind of shifted. But anytime you have, but now every single thing that happens because of the internet, because of the 24 hour news cycle, everybody I would, knows. I would, I would, I would venture to say that gun violence in the old West probably for the population is probably right on par with what we've got today. Probably. So I don't think it was any worse or any better in the past than it is now. Right. Because I don't think people are any more evil today than they've ever been. No, I mean, just look at the history of the world, but they're they're no better than they were either. Right. We're not, we're, we're just, we're, we're who we are. And, and that's just the facts of life. It's always going to come down to like, you know, like Donnie said before, if you don't have a weapon, eventually somebody's going to take your stuff. You know, if you can't yeah. defend yourself, eventually somebody's going to come along that wants it. Mm-hmm. That's just human nature. Yeah, because it is. So, and they don't want to work for it. They feel it's easier just to go over to your house and take it. Right. We were talking <clears throat> last year was one of the higher years. Um, we had 19,000 murders or gun deaths, um, homicide deaths with by gun. Then, which you would think with us being locked down all year, that that number would have been higher. Uh, yeah, but I guess you people know, just weren't out married, and about as married much. People put in, <laughs> married people put in a house all the time with each other, no place to go, no way to get away from each other. Well, now divorces and you suicides know. were up. Um, but uh what murder was too i mean shootings were too so but we didn't i mean do you remember hearing about a lot of mass shootings last year no i do not last year the news was we have to focus on trump and the border and you know the election and the impeachments and the the election and all of that so the shootings they didn't the media just didn't care about but now <clears throat> because they just ignored them because n- now biden's not giving them anything to report on i mean today was his first press conference that he's done since he took office official press conference where he mm-hmm. actually kind of took questions you know that's still kind of debatable where he spoke so the media is having to hunt for a lot more yeah they've got to justify their existence right you know, before they had Trump and it was an easy target. Oh, he makes mean tweets. And so Trump's orange man bad. And they could run that all day long and they could get ratings and stuff like that. But now he's gone. And now they've actually got to go out and do some work. You know, they can't just sit back and say, oh, Trump's bad. Trump's bad. They got to actually go, okay, you know, there was a shooting. We need to go find out about it. But then when they go and find out about it, they want to bury the story because it doesn't match their, the narrative that they want to push. Right, like every the dude out in color, like the dude out in Colorado who was actually a, said it was a white guy was out, you know, mass shooting, but it turned out it was a Muslim. Right, and I'm not saying anything bad against Muslims. They're right, he's, some, he's, I, he I, was Syrian. I, yeah, Syrian. I, yeah, I, I know some. I know. I know. I know a really nice Muslim man. Uh, I was serving the military with him. He's good. He's. I think he's good people. But but they've so been, it's neither here nor there. They've been reporting all week. Seven <laughs> seven mass shootings in seven days. Uh, Bernie Sanders was tweeting it. This is the seventh mass shooting in seven days, less than a week after the attacks in Atlanta. We can't stand by with these tragedies happen again and again. Congress must take on the corrupting influence of the NRA and pass common sense gun laws, which nobody can still define to me what common sense gun laws are. I don't want to sound like some kind of conspiracy nut, but, and I, I hate to, I hate to even, think or even put this forward but i feel like i must seven shooting seven mass shootings in seven days is is pretty much unheard of and if they're trying to push this gun control idea then are these being set up basically by Uh, democrat no they're just reporting based off of their uh their criteria we have pretty much some mass shootings every couple of days every other day um, it's mm. always happening. Now, granted, most of them are in Chicago and Detroit. 
Mm. I mean, they, they handle a lot. But they, two they, of the two of the strictest gun law state cities in in the country. Right. They categorize. The they categorize uh, four or more. You know, shooting in an event in one of at one event. Right. In 2020, there were 4,100 shootings in Chicago. Last weekend, there were 40 people shot in Chicago. Just last weekend alone? Just last weekend alone. 40 people. 40 people. That's ridiculous. The week before for the week was 82 people were shot. So, um, and a lot and of this those- is a city. This is a city with some of the strictest gun control laws on the books. And they've got that many people getting shot every week. Yeah. Anywhere from 40 to 80 people. That's, you would think with those kind of gun laws, gun on the books, that they would be, this would be the safest place to live in the world. And it's not. So they're, the narrative that they're trying to put forth is that, you know, common sense gun laws will work. Obviously, they're not because they're not working in Chicago, where I'm sure they, that's how they, you know, <clears throat> ridiculous and you can you can pull up news article after news article they they always say mass shootings are all done by white men mm-hmm. white men you there's right. there's you can pull find all kinds of montages well what about the syrian guy he kind of that's you know they, they're saying that he's white See that they say he's uh, white skinned so no. based off of that that he still is uh even though he's Syrian and a Muslim, just because he doesn't have enough melanin in his skin to give him a little light brown kind of look, right. that just makes him automatically evil. Yeah. And thus susceptible to, to a ma- going out and doing a mass shooting. So it doesn't really matter who you are or what your lineage is. If you're not dark enough, you're evil and you're going to go out and you're going to commit evil acts right. because only white people do that. But they... They, uh, I saw, I saw pictures. That is so dumb. Somebody posted a picture, picture, there's four pictures of all of the mass shootings from 2020, the, the shooters. Uh huh. And, uh, over 80% of them are black. But when they report it, they, how many of them? Over 80%. How many of them are black? 80%. 80%. But they, they exclude. When they discuss it as a mass shooting, they exclude anything gang related. You know, you do this gang shoots up this gang. Let's say this gang does a drive by at this gang's house or one of their whatever, and they shoot it up and, and shoot and hit um, three, four, five, six people because that was gang related and initiated. Th- they don't count it. As a they, it's still categorized as a mass shooting, but as far as motivation, it's gang related. So, all of the, I guess, what they consider random mass shootings, somebody walking into a school, which most of those aren't random, they pick them for a purpose, or they went in like the one in Colorado, they went in the grocery store, went in there with a purpose. Or the one in uh, Atlanta, they kept pushing it as a hate crime. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a quick clip from, from it. The suspect who confessed to a shooting spree at three spas in the Atlanta area was charged today with multiple counts of murder. Eight people were killed. The attacks have prompted greater anger and fear within the Asian American community in Georgia and around the country. Stephanie Sai begins with this report. The mass shooting of six Asian women at their place of work and two other white victims is reverberating around the country. The full motive behind the attacks is still unclear. We are very early in this investigation. Even though we have made an arrest, uh, there's still a lot more work to be done. 21-year-old Robert Aaron Long, now in custody and charged with murder and assault, has admitted to the shootings. Officials in Georgia who are investigating the case with the help of the FBI said he frequently visited massage parlors in the past and denied his attacks were racially motivated. He does claim that it was not racially motivated. He apparently has an issue, uh, what he considers a, a, a sex fiction, and sees these locations as something that allows him to, uh, to, um, 
to go to these places, and, and it's a temptation for him that he wanted to eliminate. Well, the media's claim was it was Asian hate crime. Mm-hmm. Um, but his, then he comes out, they catch him alive. Right. And he says, no, it's not that I hate Asians, it's just that I have a sex addiction, ex, a sex addiction, and I saw this as a way for me to strike back against it. Right. It just so happens that there were a lot of Asian people working at the locations that he went to. Right. So maybe I, a part of his sex addiction is that he likes having sex with Asian women. Maybe. But he just didn't kill Asian people because he said that they also killed right, they two, were white, two women. white women. Yeah. But so um, it's just I think he's just got a problem with women in general. Would be my guess. Um, yeah, well, he uh, they said after he left there, I think he was headed to a porn store was like his next location. I guess when he got caught, I think he was going to shoot it up, too, because he was he was blaming all of it on his sex addiction that, uh, <clears throat> you know, which I, I've seen a lot of the news reports claiming about his Christianity. Yeah, there's uh, one article, MSN, uh, Christian leaders wrestle with Atlanta shooting suspects, Southern Baptist ties, evangelical theology, the poison of white male supremacy and the Georgia spa killings, you know, the evil within us, how Christian fascist ideology led to the Atlanta killings. They kept attacking Christianity as the cause of why he, or some new, I don't say all, but some news outlets were reporting that. But then when the uh, religion of the uh, Colorado shooter come out as Muslim, immediately everybody was like, well, why are you attacking him, you know, saying it's because he's Muslim? Why are you attacking his religion when nobody said anything about the Atlanta shooter being Christian? But Obviously, I mean, there were a lot that were, but people have selective uh, attention. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole point of it is it doesn't matter which religion, whether it's Christian or Muslim, the, the whole the root problem is sin. Right. And that's it. And I, I, that's that's just the, that's the baseline. And that's common to every man, woman and child upon the face of the planet. That's the common denominator. Here's how <clears throat> when uh, Atlanta won. No, no, no. This was uh, the Colorado. When the Colorado won first come out, this is how NPR reported it. The first thing to know and remember about a mass shooting in Colorado is that it's early and not all the facts are in. They pretty much did it the way you should. While a lot mm-hmm. of the others were, you know, all over it that, uh, you know, a white shooter, a white shooter, a white shooter. They wanted to make it so racial. Um, Mm -hmm. But the point was, all of these shootings have been happening. And like where we were saying that they use, they like to eliminate gang, you know, um, shootings. Right. Gang affiliated -affiliated affiliated shootings out of as mass shootings. But yet, in their breakdown, they, when you break down, but they the, should they should still be mass shootings, right? Whether they're gang related or not, right? But it's but then they can't say that of, it's white dominated <clears throat> shooters. That, that, that's 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 right. They, they have, can't do that. Then. They have to parse the facts to fit their story. Mm-hmm. But then when they switch it to seven mass shootings in seven days, because they like that number. They were like, surely we can find one a day. There, there's enough shootings in Colorado and are in Chicago and California and Detroit, New York, somewhere. We can find enough shootings that we can, because they were like, it's going to make a great story. Seven shootings in seven days to show, to really push this, that uh, gun violence is getting out of hand. Um, which the first one that they started with was the Colorado shooter. Um, so... But then on day two, there were in Stockton, California, there were five people shot in a drive-by shooting with unknown gunmen, and all of the victims refused to cooperate. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. No national media attention on that one other than it was added to their list of seven that they reported. They didn't report. It's not like it's getting national news coverage on the actual story. But we're going to include it so we can say seven and seven 
And then day uh, three, there was four people. This is in Oregon. Four people injured in a shooting by an unknown gunman. It occurred at a seedy motel where the only thing keeping the motel afloat is prostitution. <laughs> no media coverage. Day four, Houston, Texas. Five people injured in a nightclub shooting. No media coverage. Day five, Dallas, Texas. Eight people injured, one dead in a nightclub shooting. This one actually has a suspect description. Rogers. He's black, described as five foot eight, 170 pounds, um, and they were still looking for him. Philadelphia on day six was five injured, one dead in a shooting um, at a house party. Um, the deceased victim was shot 14 times, but the, no, there were five people injured there. And then day seven is the the Colorado shooting, the Ahmad Ahmad Al Aliwa Alisa. But like we're saying, all of these are happening constantly, but they report on it when they want to, you know, head. They have to have a final goal in mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're obviously not just reporting all of the news as factual news to report it or they would it would they would be a little more consistent about how they do it yes they would be and that's just it they're not they're not wanting to be consistent <coughs> that's not their that's not their goal their goal is to push a narrative so that they can get the desired result right and the desired result is some kind of crazy uh gun law bill made into a law to uh, take folks' uh, ability to defend themselves away from from them, right? Yeah, because and that's when, all it boils down to. When he, because uh, gun control is about making the politicians feel safe. It's not about making the individual citizen any safer. It's about making them feel safer because now they don't have guns. I mean, it, it, it's it's. It's, I know this, and it's going to be trite and cliche, but you look back at World War II, the first thing Hitler did when he came to power is he started taking guns away from people that he's considered undesirable. Right. If they can't defend themselves, then whatever he decides is going to be the rules, they got to live with them because they can't do anything to stop it. That's the sign of a dick. That's the sign of a dictator. <clears throat> One of the signs, the Biden, Biden gave us the other sign, was someone that decides to rule through executive order instead of using the judicial or the uh, the system the way it's supposed to be set up, you know, yeah. propose laws and, and you know, you hash it out amongst yourselves and, and your opponents and stuff like that. And you come up with a bill that both sides feel pretty comfortable, pretty safe with. And then you put it before the for a vote. And then if it gets voted up, you know, you send it up to the president. He signs off on it or vetoes it. Or it gets voted down and it goes back to committee and you work on it some more. That's the way it's supposed to work. Here's a quick clip. No indication yet of any movement on federal gun control policy. That's despite calls from President Biden this week for Congress to act. We can ban assault weapons and high capacity magazines in this country. Something like that would require a certain amount of Republican support in the U.S. Senate, which does not exist. Or it would require Democrats to eliminate the Senate filibuster and pass meaningful gun control without Republican votes, something that so far they do not seem prepared to do. And while there's pressure on Biden to issue some kind of executive action on gun control, it's not clear what that would look like. Let me first say that um, putting in place common sense gun safety measures has been uh, a passion of the president's since he was in the Senate. Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Air Force One this week would not rule out executive action or the possibility of Biden appointing a special official to oversee gun violence prevention, something a number of gun control advocates have called for. We are certainly considering a range of levers, uh, including working through legislation, including executive action. See, she just said uh, legislation and executive action. Yeah. So in other words, if we don't get our way to Colorado. Through, through the legislator, we're going to just ask the president just to hand down a ruling from his office right. and give us what we want. Right. Regardless of the Constitution. Regardless of the Constitution. Exactly. 
Because at this point, I don't think people really care about the Constitution. They don't understand. No. And, and the, the bad part about it is, is the reason they don't understand is because they've lived in this country as long as they have, and they've not went anywhere else. They don't see other places. They've not been to other places where there is no Constitution and there is no guarantee of rights. People are they've just had soft. It, they've, they've had it so good for so long, they think it's this way everywhere. And it's not. It just, it, it's, it just isn't. They don't realize, the, the, or maybe they do realize, what they're actually, you know, just trading underfoot and saying, no, this is, it's antiquated and stupid. And no, it's not. It's just as relevant today as it was when it was, when it was written. What's the quote? Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. It's a never-ending cycle. Yeah. And we just be we're just happening to be going through a very, you know, good time that is creating a lot of weak people. And that's that's true. I mean, weak people, if something that's the president tweets, you know, makes you so mad. And you know, I've seen all these reaction videos of people in in cars when the president was elected and stuff like that, how they had these meltdowns. Yeah. If you're that weak mentally, then you don't really need to be out in society. You, you should probably be locked up somewhere. You know, and here's your here's your Jello cup for today. Hmm. Yeah, here's your medication, and you go over and sit in the corner and watch Oprah. Well, see, that's why there's so many people that they look at. They that's what they want the government to do. I want yeah. you to provide for me. Give me my meals, give me my money, give me my food, you know, give me my shelter, give me my everything, because mm-hmm. that way I don't have to, you know, fend for myself. I don't have to actually put myself out. I don't have to work. Right. I don't have to do for myself. I've got someone taking care of me <clears throat> from cradle to grave. Thank you to everyone for joining us today. In April of 2019, Colorado's Governor Jared Polis signed what's known as a red flag law. Um, this isn't all just about keeping families safe. It's also about keeping law enforcement officers safe. Now, that law allows a family member or law enforcement to petition a court to temporarily confiscate someone's guns for up to a year. It's designed to keep people suffering from a mental health crisis from harming themselves or anyone else. Red flag laws are broadly popular with Democrats and Republicans. Colorado's controversial red flag gun law is now on the books, meaning guns can be taken away from people who are determined to be dangerous. At the time, Fox News emphasized concerns from some on the right that Colorado's red flag law infringed on the Second Amendment. They interviewed a local sheriff who said he thought the law was ludicrous and unconstitutional. They went after uh, the people's rights uh, uh, in a manner that was really that I didn't think gave them due process because they said, well, 19 states and the District of Columbia have red flag laws. In Colorado's first year after its law was enacted, less than 150 red flag petitions were filed and judges allowed for weapons to be seized in around 66 of those cases. So it all comes. So so my my worry with the red flag law is that it, it it comes down to interpretation they said if they feel you may be a danger mm-hmm. if, if they think you're a danger yeah, they, how, they don't how, have to actually have logical proof they right. just have to feel it and that's where democrats that's where they have their bread and butter at is in the feelings realm right. it's not in logic or facts it's oh i feel like this is what we should do right. let's say because it makes me feel better Right. To do it. Let's say you have a rebel flag flying in your yard and your neighbor feels that you're a danger because you they believe that you're a white supremacist and you're you may be violent and you may be this. There's no due process involved in any of it. It's how mm-hmm. they think you could be dangerous. And then yeah. then it comes simply down to a judge going, yep, OK, signing off. And they come and take your 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 weapons. Yeah, that's not right. No. Now, if there was due process along with this, then I could see maybe possibly. But then, even if you get due process into the into the equation, now you're looking at the possibility of just a kangaroo court. Right. Well, due process would require a crime first of all. Mm, yeah. Now, is he out threatening people? 
then maybe then a crime may have been committed, you know, but just because somebody has a different ideology than you do doesn't mean they're breaking the law or that they're even dangerous or that they're going to go out and kill anybody right. or shoot anybody. But, but if most people on the left now view somebody, if they think you're, you voted for Trump, you're a Trump supporter, Trumpyism, you know, all of this that they think you shouldn't be able to fly. You shouldn't be able to get on a commercial airplane. You shouldn't be able to, you, most of them are like, you shouldn't be able to have a job. You shouldn't be able to do business. You shouldn't be able to mm-hmm. do anything. So they're wanting to eliminate all of it. <clears throat> and then it, it kind of comes back to uh, one of Biden's little, you know, he was asked about uh, running in 2024 during his press conference today. And he kind of now he may have been joking a little bit, but I don't know how much he was um, because they asked if he would be if he thought that he would be running against um, Trump. And, you know, he kind of laughed it off and and said that uh, he doesn't even know if there'll be a Republican Party still around in 2024. And, you know, it could have been a little bit of a joke to it. But I think that's their goal is they're wanting to associate the Republican Party, Trump, that, well, I mean, that they've already, you should be on a list, that you should be excluded from doing any business. I mean, they want to remove, well, they don't want to remove, they just want everybody to denounce that side and then come over to the dark side. Yeah, you're right. And see, and that's 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 one of the, the that's dangerous. That's a dangerous mentality because in the old Soviet Union, there was only one party that everybody had to uh, be a part of, right. they had to be a member, and it was the Communist Party, and that was it. And there, there was no there was no opposition party. It was the Communist Party. Everybody was a member of the Communist Party. Period. Right. But how many people are going to fall into that so, because? They're like, it's not worth the struggle. It's not worth the argument. I have, I have to work. I have to have a, you know, support my family. I have to do these things. If I have to denounce this or do this, it, you know, Tim Pool Tim always uses the example of uh, the one Star Trek episode with the four lights. Yeah. You know, when they had with Captain Kirk that, in there and they kept. No, no, no. It was Picard. They Picard, had him. They were yeah, Picard. Trying to get him to say. Uh, there were five. That there were instead five of instead of four. I mean, that's what they're doing now, you know, with how many genders, how many, you know, everything, you know, you're, you're evil because you're white, not because of anything you have done, but just because you're white and you need to now denounce it and accept the fact that everything about you is wrong and you need to learn to correct it. That's just not right. Evil people given a platform. And they're spewing evil over and over. It's it's sad. It really is. They keep saying, and the, the, the they like using the buzzwords, like you said, the common sense gun laws. But nobody can define yeah, that. And, and here's the thing. If there were no guns on the streets at all, who's to say he wouldn't be up there in Congress right now giving the same speech every two weeks about knife violence? Right. We need to take away all the knives. Because my son got stabbed by a knife during the Aurora mass knife stoop. Uh, you know, somebody could just go through. You could go through a crowd with a knife and wreck havoc. Right. Probably, probably, probably stab more people with a knife than shooting people with a gun because you can, like, snake your hand up around the mouth and stick a knife in them and they bleed out. And you can just work your way through a crowd. You yeah. know, if nobody's really paying attention because most people are sitting like this most of the time anyway. Yeah. Well, that's why the Colorado shooter, <clears throat> he, uh, you know, cause he used a pistol is, but it's, it's one of those that has the, the like add on little, uh, the butt stock. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's a longer yeah. barrel. Um, it's like, it looks like if you were to take an AR and like shrink it down to, yeah, it's an AR pistol. Yeah. That's what it is. And it's a Ruger five, five, six is the one that he had. Um, and it's a cool, mm-hmm. cool looking gun. I was like, Ooh, I'd like to get one of those. They won't say it's a pistol. Um, mm-hmm. they continue to say AR 15 style, even though it's two completely different guns, but you know, they like the idea of everything is AR style. 
Right. Probably what the gun control, the gun people that are making the guns need to take the AR and take all the black plastic away and replace it with wood. Yeah. Pink, pink. Uh, so that it's not black. Gummy. So, so that it's not black and scary. Right. You know. Make it like pink and rubbery, kind of like a silly putty. Whatever. You know. Still does the exact same job. It's just now it's instead of a a black stock, you've now got a wooden stock. Right. Does the exact same thing, but now it looks it's it's more it's it's more friendly because it's made of wood instead of black hard plastic and it's scary looking when it's black. So you lighten it up a little bit, make it out of wood, everybody is happy. Yeah, they kept uh Right after the Colorado shooting, like we said, they they immediately were, uh, everybody kept talking about it was a white shooter. Um, everybody, all, mm-hmm. all of the, you know, the Twitter blue check marks were all out in force, you know, talking about the, the racist white shooters. This has to stop. And, um, and they continue to call him racist white shooter even after he, um, it came out that he was Syrian, you know, and Muslim, um, and every single one of his victims was white. Excuse me, sorry. But they were they were all constantly wanting to throw race into it, even though yeah. race didn't appear to have anything to do with it. Um, but that's just, just it. These people that are wanting to throw race into every single thing, right. those are the people that are really the racists. Right. But they're calling because, he he's a Syrian. Mass because shooter. Them, there's there's no other lens to see right. anything through except for the lens of race. But how do you call a Syrian mass shooter that kills eight white people a white racist? How do you call a white? I mean, if it was if if it was just a, a white guy, yeah, how do you call he, him a racist when he kills eight white people? Right. How is that racist? To me, you would think, you know, like I said, these people that are so obsessed with race and they look the, they look at the everything through the race of or through the lens of racism and and of race you would think that you know somewhere down deep inside they're going wow hey yeah he finally gets it all those white people are evil and he's he's going out and taking them out like he should (laughs) i mean right these people are insane i mean that's oh gosh it's just yes I mean, it would maybe maybe would have been different if it was a white guy and he went out and shot eight black people. Or, if, but that's not what happened. And like I said, I don't know how they're going to make that fit their narrative. Of course, they can't because, like I said, it's come out that he's a Muslim and he's of Syrian descent. And how do you how do you spin racism out of if, if even if it was just a straight up white guy? How do you spin racism out of a white guy goes out and kills eight white people? Right. How's that racist? It's not. It's just. It's not. It's just they're wanting to to further an agenda. Exactly. A story. Exactly. A, a further a narrative. Whatever name a, you want to put on it. Mm-hmm. Buzz, That's exactly what it is. Buzzworthy name. <clears throat> but uh, um, it comes down to I found it was an old uh, quote from Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Cooper of the Marines, U.S. Marine Corps. His quote was: "If violent crime is to be curbed." It is only the intended victim who can do it. The felon doesn't fear the police, and he fears neither the judge nor jury. Therefore, what he must be taught to fear is the victim. Yes. And that comes back to you, like you're saying, giving everybody a gun. I mean, why do most of those shootings happen in gun-free zones? Up until the 1950s, and maybe even into the 60s, High schools had shooting clubs. Right. You could bring your weapon to school and they would go out and they would teach, you know, gun safety and they would, you know, they would have shooting competitions. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's weird how things have, have switched in just uh, so quick a time, you know, within just my lifespan. Yeah. Cause like I said, back in the 50s and the 60s, they, you know, you had gun clubs, you had guns, you had, you know, guns were being brought to school. Uh, we even had people show up at Virginia High with uh, guns in the gun racks in the back of their trucks. Oh, yeah. And there was nothing ever said or, you know, nobody thought anything. Hey, nobody thought he's going to take it out and shoot up to school. It was just there. He'd either come just come from hunting or he was going to go after he got out of school. One of the two. 
According to police, 21-year-old Ahmed Alisa, seen here after the shooting, dropped his weapons and removed all of his clothes except for his shorts before he was taken into custody. Asked by police then if anyone else was involved, he only answered by asking to talk to his mother. This was not the first encounter with police. In 2018, while in high school, Alisa was convicted of misdemeanor assault for beating up a fellow student. He said he had been bullied by the student for a year because of his middle Middle Eastern background. Although dozens of witnesses said the attack was unprovoked, he said he was so angry he blacked out. He threatened that he was going to kill everyone and no one actually took it seriously. So would a red flag law actually stop that? Because mm. he's in Colorado. Colorado has red flag laws. I don't know. They actually had, there was something that they, I was thinking, I read that they had just overturned like a week or two ago there. Whether it was uh, maybe AR style weapon, something, there was something that some judge ruled that they could allow. And they were trying to make it sound like, okay, that's now he did that because he used like that weapon because the judge overturned that rule, which he could have cared less about that law because he didn't care about the murder part of the law. So, I mean, I don't know. I just don't understand what the thought is that adding another law to prevent a criminal from breaking this law, how that makes it any different. It doesn't make any sense at all, David. And like I said, it's not about keeping uh, criminals from having guns. It's making it hard. It's all about making it harder for law abiding citizens to keep the, the guns that they have. That's what it's all about. Because at this point we've got so many gun laws in, in place already, there's already, <clears throat> it's like you said, these people that are like all, all for common sense gun control laws <clears throat> should be made to go out and purchase a gun in their jurisdiction where they live. And so they can, so that they can firsthand see all the hoops that they have to go through right. to actually get one. Maybe if they were to do that, they'd be like, well, yeah, hey, we've got a lot of laws on the books already for this very thing. It's all about making it harder for the average, everyday citizen to be able to do this. They don't care about the criminal one way or another, because as you know, the criminal will find a way to get the gun, or he'll get a knife, or he'll get a hammer, or he'll push somebody out a window. Right. He don't care, because like your little your 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 quote said, the 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 felon doesn't fear you know the law or the courts <clears throat> or anybody else. They have to be made to be afraid of the victims that they are their potential victims. And then that's, like I said, it's just, that's just, that's just one man's opinion. All right. I mean, when, when have you ever, when was the last time you heard anybody say anything along the lines of let's pass a law that if you're a felon and you commit a gun violent crime, that there's going to be a more severe penalty put in place for that. So I think the last time I heard anybody talking that way was probably somewhere through the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And that was it. And now they don't say that anymore. That you know, you can't have harsher penalties for yeah. these criminals because I don't know why, but you just can't. Well, the the last gun uh, the last gun or not gun, but uh law that I remember being changed was last week. Um, your governor, um, who just signed now to abolish the death penalty in Virginia. Yes, he's, he's his own little special little cracker. We're not only are we not enforcing or producing harsher laws to prevent the crimes that are happening. We're, you know, getting rid of some of the ultimate penalties for those crimes. Mm-hmm. Which I think that made what the... I don't remember what the number was. Thirteen, maybe. How many states that uh, the the death penalty is now has been abolished in? Tw- nope. Twenty. There are people 20, out there. Twenty-three states. There are look. people out there that are celebrating this. Obviously, obviously, these people have never had someone that they care about taken from them in such a way. You know, I mean, and I can't, I can't, I have never had that, uh, and hopefully, I never will. I should think that. You know, if it were to happen, I would want, I mean, it's, it's, if you take a life, you forfeit your life, unless you're right. doing it in self, unless you're doing it in self-defense, 
that's all well and good. Right. Other than that, you know, if you're just out and you just take a life just because, then no. That's, you know, then your life should be forfeit. I'm sorry. That's just the way I feel about it. Right. There's no justification for it. And it, it, it should be swift. It should be. It should be. They should have the trial. It should be, you know, as impartial as it can be. They should take all the uh, appeals, put them all together in one package, send them to the appellate court, have them look at it. And, you know, if there's something there maybe that might be interesting or a little piece of law that maybe needs to be twerked, then listen and hear it. Yeah. And if it's not substantiated, you know, if this is, you know, this is all just manure to keep us from executing this man or woman for that right. matter. Right. Then, uh, then it gets sent back down. So no, we didn't find anything wrong with this. And uh, this execution needs to take place as quickly as possible and not just, and not just let someone sit on death row for, you know, 20 or 30 years. That's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> now when president Harris and I took uh a virtual tour of a vaccination center in Arizona. He likes to call her president. Now, when president Harris and I took uh, yes. a virtual tour of a vaccination center in Arizona. And I know that's just a little Freudian slip, but it's got to be. I mean, is it, really, is it really a Freudian slip? I mean, I can see maybe doing it once and it's a Freudian slip, but I think he's done it, he's, what, yeah, five multiple, or six times yeah. now? That's not a Freudian slip. That's, you know, he's expecting her to come in and take over any day. Yeah. Yeah, remember when we were talking about them uh, asking him about running in 2024? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I come to the conclusion. Yeah, that he, you know, because he made the statement um, where he was when he mentioned that about Trump running, you know, about he didn't know if there'd be a Republican Party then. But when she first asked him, uh, he wouldn't, I mean, he still kind of really wouldn't commit to anything. He just kept saying, you know, that he doesn't know what he's going to be doing in three and a half years that he doesn't plan that far out. And that all made sense to me as to how his economic plan works now is because he's mm-hmm. not worried about anything beyond three and a half years from now. Well, that it, it's, it's not just the economic plan. It's everything. everything. He doesn't think right. he doesn't think three and a half years out into the future. He right. doesn't. He's just, he's not. And he needs to be, he needs to be thinking more than just three and a half years out. He needs to be thinking, you know, long term, but he doesn't have that. I would say maybe because of diminished mental capacity or maybe he just has was never one to uh, think that far ahead. He's always seemed to me to be an opportunist type politician. Whatever's going along at that time, that's what that's what Joe Biden's for. You know, whatever, whatever is the popular thing going on, that's what he's for so that it gets him reelected. That's the kind of person I believe he is. Oh well, we better wrap this up. It's good going, mate. Yeah. All right, we'll do the normal. Um, uh, you can follow us on uh, all the places. You know, wherever you get, wherever you get your podcast from, go there and uh, give us a, a like, rate, and review kind of thing. Um, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Anchor, any of those places. Uh, Yeti Cooler. Yeah, that's that's. This podcast brought to you by uh, our friends over at Yeti. Not not Yeti they, Coolers, Yeti the they, Trail Running Club. They um, <laughs> they don't pay for this advertisement. No, uh, but you can. But we uh, wish they did. Yeah, you can go to uh, follow us on Twitter at socially sense. Follow us on Instagram socially sensitive. Go to socially sensitive dot com. Any of all of those good fun places. Um, see you later. Bye, Will. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from us, you can go to sociallysensitive.com and follow us on Instagram at sociallysensitive and on Twitter at sociallysense. Thanks again and see you next time. Somebody pray for me The homies in the sky go ahead